0: Well, hey, I want to get into the message, a continuation of the series that we're on, on Protected. And I believe God has an amazing, amazing revelation for you. So much of what I say today has much of what the hearers are receiving. So expecting to receive that is. So keep your faith stirred because I believe that God will speak to you specifically about the areas that you need to be spoken to. Even though the message is on protection, he may need to build something inside of you. That he can only do through the power of his Holy Spirit. So, you ready to receive? Say this after me then. My eyes are open, my ears are open, my heart is open to receive the incorruptible, all powerful, living word of God. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Psalm 91, and if you have Psalm 91 for us up there, our uh, media tech team, uh, I think this will be a good place to start. I don't know if you can get the whole thing in there or not. Uh, I'll probably go kind of back and forth on Psalm 91. This is going to be my assignment to you this week, is to read and to meditate Psalm 91. Make it your goal to actually memorize it. Uh, But make sure you keep your eyes on the Word still from time to time. Our family has this scripture, this whole passage memorized. We do it every single day along with Psalm 23. So we have it deep down in our hearts, but there's still times where I get out the Word and I read it. Because we're supposed to put our eyes, pay attention to what the Word of God says. Even if we've got it memorized, even if we've got stories in here memorized, we should keep going back to the Word on a regular basis. Keep the Word before our eyes. Does that make sense? You guys are so smart. I love it. You make it so easy, by the way, to minister to. Well, get ready. Here we go. Protection. I want to continue our series on this this, this morning, and the reason why I want to talk about this, and before I get into the heart of this message, I want to kind of just give you the vision of what God says in his word. That in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, God says to us that he's got longevity in consideration for us. It's not going to be forever, but he's going to give us 120 years. Now you may not have a desire to live to be 120 years. You may be thinking, "Ah, oh, that's a little outside of what I want. Maybe 90 or 100 or 105. that might be. you know, this is where God brings it into perspective in Psalm 91 in verse 16. He makes it clear that with long life, He will satisfy us and show us his salvation. So if you're not satisfied in life, If you haven't seen your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, whatever your story may be, if you're not satisfied, and I'm going to tell you right now that you're not at least 80 or 90, I can reassure you, you have not seen your best days yet. So it's just beginning, warming up. You should be counting on longevity. God gives us that promise for a reason. Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, and I won't go into the depth of this part of it, but Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, let us know ways that we can add years to our life. And according to Amy's podcast, just smiling based upon research actually lengthens a person's life. So all of you who don't smile very often be ticking the clock a little faster than all those that are sitting around you that are smiling on a regular basis. So let's move into the New Testament for a moment because I want to just reiterate or echo what we're saying here that longevity is one of the promises of God that God has for us. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, it talks about honoring your parents. And if you do, things will go well for you and you will live long. That you will be satisfied ultimately is what the scriptures are after. That God is after, that He wants a vision for you to get inside of you to live long and to be satisfied. Whether it's 120 years or until you are completely satisfied, you shouldn't be planning on checking out premature because your best days are still ahead of you. Not behind you, ahead of you. You know, we're not to be looking in the rearview mirror often, you know, when we're driving because that's not safe. We're supposed to be looking through the windshield and that's a much bigger window than looking backwards through the little rearview mirror. So God says, your past does not dictate your future. I dictate your future, and I say, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. In other words, your best days, the latter days of the church, will be better than the former days. You have not lived your best days yet. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. Don't give up. This is just the beginning of God warming up in your life and we should be waking up every morning saying God this is an amazing day how do I know it because your word says that this is a day that you've made and I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it in other words God has tailored this day so you and I could be expecting good things to happen why don't you turn to your neighbor and say expect something good to happen today Too many people get so discouraged in life that they stop expecting. They stop believing God. And that's why Jesus said, when I come back to the earth, am I actually going to find faith in the earth? Because people get discouraged, and then they stop using their faith because maybe things didn't pan out the way they had hoped to. But God is big enough to work all things together for our good. So even if the enemy gets a hit, and he takes us out and knocks us down. And the righteous, like Amy said, they get back up. They just keep getting back up. They keep getting back up. We have to remember that the promises are yes and amen. God's promises are yes and amen. Now, with longevity and consideration, the vision of God, now I want to get in the heart of this message, that with longevity, how many know that you're going to have to be protected in your time span while you're here? This is not necessarily the safest place in the world to live. Heaven is. But we're not there yet. So that means in order for us to live long and be satisfied, that means you and I are going to have to have and understand our covenant of protection that God has promised us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it reminds us that in these last days, it's going to be perilous times. In other words, it's going to be dangerous out there. That's what that word perilous means. It means dangerous or risky. Dangers are risky. That means we're living in a dangerous place. And that's why Psalm 91 lets us know before it gets to the end of the chapter with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. All throughout Psalm 91, it talks about delivering us from the snare of the follower, from the perilous pestilence. It talks about a thousand falling at our side and 10,000 at our right hand. That's pretty close for comfort, isn't it? That means there are dangers all around us. Did God ever promise that we would not live in a dangerous world? Of course not. What he did promise us, though, is that he would deliver us from the dangers in this world. Isn't that what 2 Timothy, after we, he gets on to this, he says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11, Timothy, he had just talked about all the dangerous things that were taking place in his life, and the Apostle Paul talks about it multiple times, the things that he went through. And he says this, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 11, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. So yes, there are dangers all around us. It's a dangerous world to live in, but how many know that we can live in a bubble, a spiritual bubble, a covenant of protection, live in this world even though we may not be of this world, we are in this world temporarily. This is just like we are missionaries here on earth. We're like ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're sent here to this earth for a greater purpose than ourselves, to live beyond ourselves, to make a significant difference, and then go home to be with Jesus when we're ready, when we're satisfied. But that means we're going to have to understand. I love what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. He said, I've been constantly on the move. I've been in in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. So the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, there's a lot of dangers in this world. The rewards are going to far outweigh the sacrifices that we make here on earth. Can I hear another amen? Amen. If you believe that, say I. And the reason why we need to understand this is that we've got to grasp this concept that, listen, the sacrifices that we make here on earth, the rewards for the rest of eternity are going to far outweigh the sacrifices we make. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18, it says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. Say that, would you? Every evil attack. Say it one more time. Every evil attack. He will rescue us from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. You know, I I love there's a well-respected minister a number of years ago who is, uh, oh, he... He was, he was such a, a dynamic speaker, such a dynamic minister. Well, he even beyond all that, he had a dynamic friendship with Jesus Christ. He really understood and heard the voice of the Holy Spirit very comfortably, very consistently. He had a close friendship with Jesus, which is what we're all after. Amen? Well, on the way up the mountains one day, he was driving up the mountains, and to make a long story short, he had this very strong, supernatural, prompting That was saying, pull over to the opposite side of the road. The opposite side. So the side of the road on the opposite side, which is not necessarily legally right. Normally if you're going to pull over, you pull over on your side of the road. But he had this very strong prompting from the Holy Spirit, pull over and pull over now to the opposite side of the road. Well, he struggled with it. He reasoned in his mind, just like a lot of us Christians do when we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, we think, well, that was just tacos from the night before or whatever in my bed. But sometimes the Holy Spirit's trying to get through to us. So thankfully, God's word says that he will confirm his word with at least two to three witnesses. So once again, a very strong prompting. He knew the voice of the Lord was once again, he was saying, pull over, pull over to the opposite side of the road and do it now. And this time it came more urgently. So he obeyed and he pulled over to the opposite side of the road. When he pulled over, he stopped on the opposite side of the road. All of a sudden, right then round the bend came this 18-wheeler that had lost control, had no brakes in his on, uh, on, on the trailer or on the semi, and it was skidding out of control, which would have taken him completely out, even if he had pulled over to the other side of the road because the trailer was sliding as this truck was coming around the bend. Now, he could have been legally right by pulling over on the right side of the road, but he would have been legally dead today. Are you following me? So sometimes it does not make sense when the Holy Spirit says, go to work this way, or go to work this way, or take this road this time. But we have got to become so sensitive to the Holy Spirit because Psalm 91 is effective. And it does work. And God has no respecter of persons. Anyone who works Psalm 91, it will work for them. It is a covenant of protection that we are under. But listen, you need to understand something. You cannot separate the Holy Spirit from his promises. They are one with each other. The Word of God are one With each other. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God and Jesus Christ and God the Father, they're all one with each other. You cannot separate them from the Word of God. That's why God's Word is final authority. If we can't find it in the Scriptures, then we should not be following whatever that teaching is. So listen, I can tell you from working at KCM for a number of years, when we started getting phone calls in and testimonies in after 9-11, I can tell you God spoke to everyone present in the Twin Towers. And if you had family members, extended family members, you know, that maybe passed on or friends or anybody that you knew there, you know, my heart, my compassion goes out to you. We pray for them. We think about them even still to this day. But I know because of being partners with a lot of people who worked in the Twin Towers, We had phone calls coming in on a regular basis right after that happened. Phone calls that were saying and testimonies that were being written saying, you know, I just did not feel like I should go into work today. Uh, I just felt like I was supposed to, uh, you know, uh, take a day off. I felt like I was supposed to take a daddy date today or a mommy date. There are so many stories I can tell you over and over. I felt like I was supposed to take the, sub, you know, not take the subway today. I was supposed to do another route, which actually delayed me. I got stuck in rush hour, and it just caused me to be late. And story after story came in, barreling in. One story that I still remember to this day was a woman who worked in the Twin Towers, who worked there. She got there, and before the planes had hit the Twin Towers, she had a strong, urgent, and she was someone who had built her relationship so close with Jesus that she was not one of these flaky Christians that God says, do this, God says, do that, and they're, most of the times they're totally off. If you've ever met anybody, don't look around the room right now. You know, you know what I'm talking about. They, there are some people that are just kind of flaky. They just say, God told me to do this. God told me to do that. God told me to do this. And it's not even in the Bible. I was talking to a young man just recently who said, you know, he, he doesn't go to church anywhere. And I said, really? Nowhere? Well, no, we have peace about it. I thought, man, I've counseled people like you. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've had people come to me and say, I'm supposed to leave my spouse. I have peace about it. Well, are they abusive? Are they violating you? Are they doing anything? No, 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 I just, I'm, just, I'm just tired. And I just have peace about divorcing him or divorcing her. And that's why we have to go back to the Word of God. Because God's Word does not say, do not forsake the assembling together. There is something about submission, and this is really where we're going to dig into this. There is something about submission that will keep us protected. And if we get outside of God's Word, we are going to get ourselves in deep, 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 deep deep trouble. And it's not always going to be easy to be submissive. But this woman who knew God's voice in her department had really respected her as a Christian because she was an accurate Christian who really had a close friendship with Jesus. Not one of these cracker box uh, Christians that reads one scripture in the morning in five minutes with Jesus and out the door and they think they heard everything from God and they know the Bible backwards and forwards and they know God's voice really well. Now I know people like that and you do too, but we're not going to look around the room right now because some of them might be here right now and they're needing to get what you're hearing today. Just, we're all needing to receive this, right? (laughs) Say, I'm hungry, pastor. (laughs) Teach me. (laughs) I will. Thank you for asking. (laughs) So this woman is in the Twin Towers, and she had a very strong prompting from the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit said. You need to get out of here, and you need to take as many people with you as you can and get out now. Now, nothing had happened. Nothing strange, nothing unusual but she knew the voice of God. So she looked around her whole department, people who had deeply respected her as a Christian. She said, I know you trust me. We need to get out of this building. We need to get out now. And they said, okay. So she got a bunch of people from her department. and She gathered people as they were getting out of that building. And once they got out, the first plane hit. Now, you can't tell me God's a respecter of persons. God was speaking to Everybody. The problem is, not everybody's listening to the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of people that are standing on Psalm 91, but they separate the voice of God, the leading of the Holy Spirit, from the Word, and they just think Psalm 91 is always effective. They can do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. And that's called rebellion. That's why submission is, I know, not a word that a lot of people like to hear, but submission is a safe word when it's used properly. I've been under leadership that you and I have been under. I've been under leaders that didn't represent the head of the ministry very well, that were underneath them, and those leaders saw something in those people that thought, "Man, those guys, I, they may be wet behind the ears, but I see something in them. They're put into leadership above some of us who have ever been there. You can you know what exactly what I'm saying. They're wet behind the ears. They're not very good leaders. Uh, sometimes they don't represent the heart of the ministry. At times, and there are times where all of us have been like, man, I'm out of here. I want to go somewhere else where it's going to be a better leader over me, that will care for me, that will love me. And I can tell you time and time again, unless what Jesus said, unless you've been faithful with another man, you will not gain your own. Luke 16, 12. There is something about faithfulness and submission that says, God, I'm just going to pray for my leaders Maybe God put you under them for you to learn something, but also for you to be a good example. And listen, God will always promote the faithful, those who have been godly, in their submission to Him. That's why the Bible says, Do everything as unto the Lord. There are times where people are imperfect and they make mistakes. I've made mistakes. So if I've made any mistakes, if I've stepped on anybody's toes this morning, or if I've stepped on anybody's toes, I'm the first to say, please forgive me. Would you all forgive me? Say, I. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm going to need times. So I'm going to need your forgiveness. But that's why we're not to judge. We're just supposed to stay planted in the house of the Lord. And whether it's High Point Church or wherever God has called you, Listen, it is so vitally important that unless the Holy Spirit has confirmed his word with at least two to three witnesses, it does not mean jump ship and go nowhere. Well, I'm just going to watch ministry on TV today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it, and all of a sudden it gets easier, doesn't it? Because whatever you practice gets easier. So if it's easier, like, I think I'm just going to stay home. I'm preaching to the choir today. I know, I know that. But I'm, I'm preaching to someone that you probably know, and they need to hear this. And so you're probably going to get this and send their podcast to them. But listen, you need to know that there are times where people just, it gets easier. It's easier because if you're not under somebody who's kind of difficult as a leader, it gets easier to get out from underneath them, right? It does. It makes sense. Just like sometimes people leave their spouse because it's just easier. They think. But that's not the kind of peace you want. You want God's peace. And Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, that, listen, in this world, there's going to be tribulations. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be some adversities. There's going to be some obstacles. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome this world. I can tell you, I am so thankful that I stayed planted in the house of the Lord where God called me. And even though it was difficult at times, And I can tell you it was difficult because I can relate. I'm human with all of you. It was difficult to submit, but I stayed submitted. And as a result, I'm still alive today. Amen? And obviously, you must be doing something or the grace and mercy of God is working in your life enough to say you got to hear this message today, because this is what's going to keep you alive, is staying submitted to the Holy Spirit. And that's when the word Psalm 91 is always going to be effective. So there's this woman one time, she called down to the offices in Tulsa. There was a ministry that we're related with and associated with. And they called down there, and she said she was really shook up. She said, I, I don't. I just got mugged, I was hit in the head, and ma'am, are you okay? Yes, I, I, I'm fine, it didn't hurt too bad, but he mugged me, and I just don't understand how this could have happened. I stand on Psalm 91 every day. And he was a young minister, so he just responded and said, well, can I ask you a question? Did you have to be at that part of town at that certain time? She said, well, no. And he said, Well, can, can I just ask another question? Did you have like a witness, like you're supposed to be there? Did you have peace to be there? She said, Well, no, no, I actually had a check. Say, check. check. In her spirit, she felt uncomfortable, but she said this. But she said, I stand on Psalm 91 every day. I thought God would cover me anyway. This is where we've got to go back to God does not separate his word from his Holy Spirit, he cannot. He cannot be separated. And as long as we stay submissive to God and his word and what he's told us to do, and we stay submissive and keep a cheerful heart, (laughs) you know, because you're doing it as unto Jesus, not to that leader or whoever we're talking about. But you keep a cheerful heart because you're doing it for Jesus. You're staying submissive. God will eventually promote you. But if we're not faithful to where he's called us, We'll never get what our own, our own ministry, our own business, whatever it might be. We've got to learn that there's something about being faithful, submissive to what God has called us to do. This is where protection comes in. And in these last days, we have got to stay so submissive to our authorities. Law enforcement is here to protect us. If they say slow down, that means we need to slow down. You know what I'm saying? You're all hearing me. I know sometimes people don't like to hear this kind of message, but this is what's going to keep you safe. And I care enough about you to protect you and to tell you the truth. You've got to stay under God's word and what he says to do. Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2, it says, but now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, they, it, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Now, here's the thing, is that we've got to keep our eyes on God and his word, not the flames. <laughs> I know it sounds simple. Makes sense, Right? Isaiah 54, verse 17, God said, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That means there are weapons being formed against us right now. But here's the key it will not prosper. Every tongue which rises against us, so you got a leader that's a poor leader. Maybe they've spoken unkindly to their leaders about you. And it looks like it's affecting you in your business, like they're not going to promote you now. God says right here, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is a heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. This is why we've got to go back to Psalm 20, verse 7, kind of our opening passage, opening scripture from last week. Some, say some, but not me. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. God didn't tell us that we're going to live in perilous times and part fear into us. In fact, 365 times in his word, he says, do not fear. He doesn't want us to be afraid. Perfect love is what flushes out fear. How do we stay connected to the vine? We have a friendship with him. We build a friendship with him. God, I I want to know your word like I've never read it before. You might have read it a thousand times. But if you hunger and thirst, Jesus said, I will take care of that for you. I will fill those areas. I will quench your thirst. I will take care of you when you hunger and thirst. So when you come to this like you've never read it in your entire life, every day when you wake up and you're meditating in the word of God day and night and you're listening to the Holy Spirit's voice now, you're the commander in chief. Jesus, what you you say today goes. What do you want me to do today? I mean, I've got the plans, but you said in your word that you order my steps. So what's the plan? What's the agenda? What's the priorities in your eyes? And this is where you're gonna hear from the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to bring your kids to whatever it might be today. How many have ever had that happen? And then there was a school thing going on, and you kept your kids home safely. We have got to be so in tune to the voice of the Holy Spirit that if that's the only thing you hear from today is we must hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that is the great commission in your assignment that you're going to purpose in your heart that I am going to know him and his voice. Because Jesus said it best, my sheep hear my voice. So he promises you that you will, if you want to hear his voice. Now, this is meaning that you're going to have to be submissive to sometimes because there are going to be things that he's going to tell you to do that you may not want to do. And he says, I want you to submit under the leadership of that ministry. Okay. All right, Lord. I'm, I'm, you know, you remember the whole story with uh, Sarah and how she wasn't very nice to Hagar and she took off and the Lord spoke to her and said, you go back and you submit underneath her. She didn't want to do that. But God told her to do it anyway. And there are times in our life where we have to submit under leadership that's not necessarily the best example of Jesus Christ at that moment. And that is not fun to hear. But the Holy Spirit will give us the encouragement and the strength that we need to say, okay, I'm going to press through another day, and I'm going to be a godly example, and I'm going to put a smile on my face, and I'm going to treat this person like they are Jesus Christ himself. And I'm going to honor and respect them, and I'm going to love them. And hopefully I'm going to be able to love the hell right out of them. Because they act like what's down below. They don't act like Jesus. So I'm going to love them right now. Listen, you can bring out the best when you see the best in people. And if you get the love of God that's been shed abroad in your heart going and flowing in you, you'll stay in the knowing. And when you're in the knowing, the anointing will continue to keep flowing. Amen? When you get a revelation of what I'm talking about today, you will start a revolution in your life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, God reminds us that you're always going to triumph in Christ Jesus. There are moments in our life where we're pressing, the Apostle Paul said. He had to press. That's not always easy to hear. God says, I want you to press. I don't want to press right now. I just want to sleep right now. He says, no, I need you to get up, and I need you to have time with me. remember in the Garden of Gethsemane? He's like... You guys have got to be praying right now, and they're snoozing. A few seconds later, again, and Jesus comes back and he hits, takes off the snooze button, you know, kind of thing. He says, "You guys have got to get up and pray, lest you fall into temptation." I love the scripture in First uh, Peter chapter five and verse eight, I believe it is, where it says, "Be sober, be vigilant." Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Seeking and may are two key words in this. So he's looking, he's seeking. And the scripture says, be sober, be vigilant. In other words, don't be drunk with wine, the scripture says. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got to be sober because I'll tell you what, when Jesus talks specifically That at one point in his life, he's like, in Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 through 39, how often I want to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Right after this, the disciples said, hey, look at the buildings from all this temple. Jesus says, you know what? Not one stone will be left. They're all going to be thrown down. Why? He just got done saying why. I want to gather you. I want to gather you like a hen does with her chicks. I want to put you under my wings. I want to hover over you. You know, in Psalm 91, it talks specifically. There is, in the Hebrew and the Greek, it actually mentions, like, things oftentimes, like, shelter, cover, refuge. It mentions this over and over. If you've ever covered your face and the wind is blowing really hard, what is it? That's just covering, right? Protecting. That's what God is trying to give you in an image in Psalm 91. He wants to cover you. He wants to put, protect you. But we got to stay under that covering. You've got to stay under that hen. And if he's clucking, saying cluck, 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 you've got to be a little chick that comes running real quick. And if you're not sober, you're not going to hear the clucking very well. Because you're not going to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Be vigilant. It means to be on your toes. We've got to watch and pray. We can't be sleeping with the rest of the world. We've got to wake up and stay under the authority of God and His Word. Then, I reassure you, you will live long and be satisfied. But only then, because you cannot separate Psalm 91 from the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is saying, I need you over here, this is where Psalm 91 is then. If I need you submitted, I need you right here. I need you serving with your whole heart. This is where Psalm 91 is going to be effective. But we cannot separate the Holy Spirit from his word. Psalm 91 is always effective to those who will heed the voice of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus is calling the chicks in because he needs to cover you and you've been out playing, having fun, he says, now, come on, cluck, cluck, cluck. You've got to come running real fast because he needs you to stay under. Isn't that what Psalm 91 verse 4 says? To stay under those wings. He covers us with his feathers. So we get these images that God portrays to us. Let me take just a few moments here and explain. There are several ways where God reminds us. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, he's never going to leave us nor forsake us. Isn't that good news? I love what it says in the Amplified. For he, God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree Leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Now, there's a couple of ways that God gives us image. Last week, we talked about how God has assigned angels to us, and we talked about how to release your angels to work on your behalf. Did everybody get that? Say amen. If not, you can always go back and listen to it on podcast. Now, here's another method that God uses quickly. As we already mentioned, he uses, like, feathers as an illustration to protect us. So he hovers over us, he covers us. He also puts a wall of separation and I want to talk about that real briefly. He's got a wall of separation. In Job chapter 1, verse 10, God has built a hedge around Job. In the message translation, I'm not sure if the team has this up, but if they can, that would be great. The message translation says, no one has ever, ever had it so good. You make sure nothing bad ever happens to him or his family or his possessions. I love what this hedge of protection looks like. We get a little bit more of a glimpse of it in Psalm chapter 5, verse 12. He surrounds us with his favor. Like a shield. So he's got this hedge of protection that he puts around us. He's no respecter of persons. He's got this hedge of protection that's all around us. He's got this favor surrounding us. In fact, in Psalm 41, verse 11, it says, Because of your favor, my enemies cannot triumph over me. Because of the favor of God that's surrounding you, your enemies cannot triumph over you. You should feel like you're the safest person in the entire world when you're walking with Jesus. In the Hebrew, the word grace and favor come from two root words, real quickly. Wall of separation and to continue. Wall of separation and to continue. Together, when you put those words together, it means a wall of separation that will continue for a lifetime, is what the Amplified actually begins to bring out, the Hebrew in. It makes it clear that there is a wall of separation of favor that will continue for a lifetime. So if you think God's best days were behind you and you experienced a lot of favor, he hasn't warmed up. He's saying, listen, my favor never goes away. My favor will always be there as a wall of separation protecting you like a hedge around you. And it will continue for a lifetime. As long as you are here in the earth, those words go together. In Psalm 91, verse 4, once again, let's go to the wall of separation. Now let's talk about for the feathers for just a moment longer. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. As we bring this to a closure, I want you to understand this illustration that God is trying to reveal to us is that he's got this hedge of protection all around us. He's got angels assigned to us. There's a lot more in the scriptures. I'm not gonna take any more time. Uh, We've got Christmas coming up next week, but there's a lot more that God defines and reveals to us of ways that he actually protects us. So again, we've got angels that are assigned to us. You came in with an angel, you're going out with an angel. If you need more angels, you can call upon more angels. It's all biblical. They are here as a bodyguard that is assigned to protect you. There is a hedge of protection that's all around you that looks like favor. Favor with God, favor with man. That's why when the doors open, no man can shut them. So there is favor that's all around you, and he covers you with his feathers. So he gives you this illustration Then Isaiah talks about. He, he, he's soaring over you like a bird does. He's protecting. He's got his eyes on you at all times. He's keeping you safe. I'll close with this story. There's a true story a number of years ago, the Yellowstone Park had a massive uh, fire. Well, after the fire closed out, they were able to get in. The Rangers were walking through Yellowstone Park, and they came upon the scene where there was a bird that was just majestically laid out that it was like, it looked like the bird was uh, posing for a picture in a magazine, but the bird was burnt to the crisp. But it was such a majestic look that the ranger took his stick and kind of moved the bird. And when he did, three little chicks came out from underneath that mother bird. She could have flown away and left her kids. How many hear what I'm saying? Jesus could have avoided the cross and said, I don't want to do this, Father. But he didn't. He spread out his wings, went into the flames of hell for you and I, so you and I could get out from underneath his wings eventually and go home to be with with him in heaven. Thankfully, God raised him from the dead. But are you hearing what God is saying to you today? Stay under my feathers because the flames may be burning, but I can bring you out without a scent of smoke on your clothes. You may be going through the rivers right now, but I'll bring you out without a drop of water on you. I can bring you out of no matter what you're in, even though this is a dangerous world, I will protect and I will preserve you. If you receive this, will you say amen? Amen. All right, would you bow your head and close your eyes? You've been wonderful to minister to today. Father, we thank you so much for our time together. Thank you for your word that goes into good ground. I believe these are hundredfold producers, and I know that they have received your word very well today. And I believe as we make a decision today to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit from here on out, that Psalm 91 will always be effective for us and that we will live long and be satisfied. So help us to stay under your covering at all times. If you're moving to the left, help us to move to the left. If you're moving to the right, help us to move to the right. Lord, whether it's a basic just where we're traveling to work or a different route or you know, being sensitive about our kids, especially if they go to public schools. Lord, help us to be super sensitive. Help us not to be afraid. Help us to know that you'll confirm your word with at least two or three witnesses, knowing that you've spoken to us, that we're not guessing. We don't have to assume or guess. We can know that we know that we know that we've heard your voice, that you will lead your sheep. Lord, we appreciate even Psalm 23 as we bring this to a closure, that you said you would lead us beside the still waters that you would restore our, our souls, that you would lead us in the paths of righteousness. It's all about leading. It's about your leading. And Holy Spirit, we want you to know you have complete charge to lead us in our life. We submit ourselves to your leadership and we make Jesus the Lord of our life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never made that decision, a total surrender to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've accepted Christ, but, you know, you've never really made him the Lord of your life. You've just been doing whatever you want to do. You've allowed offenses to get into your life, and you just got mad or whatever it was, and you just said, I'm done, and you left. And you're saying, Pastor, I need to get back on course with Jesus. I need to truly make him the Lord of my life, or I need to recommit my heart to the Lord. I need to submit myself under his lordship. We've all been there. We've all done that at times in our life. And so I'm going to provide you this opportunity, whether it's a first-time decision of accepting Jesus Christ or you're saying, I want to give a full surrender. I want to submit my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, not just as my Savior, but I want to make him the Lord of my life. That's you with every head bowed and every eye closed all over this auditorium. And you're saying, Pastor, please pray for me. I need to make that decision to accept Christ or I need to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. Right now, if that's you, would you slip up your hands all over this room just acknowledging, Pastor, I need to receive Christ or recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. Thank you for your honesty. It takes courage to do that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Any others? You're saying, Pastor, pray for me too. I want to accept Christ or I want to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. I need to get under his feathers. I need to get under his covering. Right now, this is your opportunity. Don't wait. Don't postpone it. There's no guarantees. There's no promises outside of God's promises. So listen, if this is you, slip up your hand. You can put it right back down. Thank you. I see your hands. Any others? You're saying, Pastor, please pray for me too. I appreciate it. I know it takes courage. You can put your hands down. Let's do this. Those that are joining us online, Would you pray this prayer? The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's make a decision. Let's call on the name of the Lord together with our our family that's making a decision today to accept Jesus or to recommit their hearts to the Lord Jesus. Would you pray this prayer with them? Follow me in this prayer, please. Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord my Savior, and my best friend, thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sins. I commit my life to you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.